This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM podcast where we worked in the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates as we debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, frauds, scams, and multi-level marketing. Hey, Hunbots and Hunbros, happy Valentine's Day and happy third birthday to life after MLM. I still sometimes cannot believe that it has been three years since I hit record on the pilot episode of life after MLM and sent us all down a rabbit hole that we definitely didn't expect that led us all here in this exact moment. In the last three years, we have seen so much change and growth on the show, and I am so proud of how far we've come. From the early days before fancy mics and editing know-how and the use of mute, before the ADHD diagnosis and the Lula Rich documentary, before the team that is now Live After MLM even existed as we know it today, it was just me sitting in my bedroom, shut down by COVID, going through a divorce, and needing an outlet. Over 6 million downloads, 150,000 listens a month. 222 episodes, and three new team members later. I want to thank you for being here. Whether you've been with me since the Vice documentary days, or you found us yesterday, this show would be nothing without you. And we're only getting started. This bonus episode was inspired by The Tinder Swindler, a documentary where this guy pretends to be a billionaire diamond mogul and runs a romance Ponzi scheme on several women 
using the dating app Tinder to find his victims to the tune of an estimated $10 million. It is a great watch if you haven't seen it yet. And we also had a romance scam in the Twin Flame episode at the end of last season. I talked about a man who overshared in the Twin Flame Facebook group and had his own words and hopes used against him. It's unfortunate, but if scammers can scam, scammers will scam. And the internet often helps them keep the ruse going longer than it ever should. In today's bonus episode, we have a few stories of romances gone scammy. Brought to you by the Brave Posters on Reddit, one of our awesome listeners, and the internet. Enjoy. It's super embarrassing to be posting here. I have a lot of anxiety about what I endured, and I'm still enduring because of this scam. I thought I was smart enough not to fall for the BS. Turns out, I wasn't. This is a long con. I know this now. It began in January of this year via Instagram. I was feeling ignored, unappreciated, and unloved in my marriage. I was ripe for the scam pickings. I thought this person cared about me. He told me he was stationed in El Paso with the Army and Special Forces. He had the Instapics to prove it. And then he went on deployment overseas. This is when the con started. I was skeptical at first. What person asks you for money for their sick child? To pay for their other child's rent? To purchase safety equipment for a mission that they're on? He laid it on thick. Don't you care about my safety? Over six months, I gave him well over $8,000 via PayPal always to different email addresses, always through friends and family, so I paid the fee, not whoever was receiving the money. I started to wise up when I ran out of money to give him, and he would berate me, saying he knew I had the money to send, but was just choosing not to, how he loved me and I was treating him like shit. I tried breaking it off more than once. He just kept sucking me back in with sob stories. I never sent him any more money, though. I did ask to be paid back several times with a bank-certified check drawn off his bank. Again, I thought this dude was real. Hindsight is twenty twenty. We spoke on the phone several times, and he had a thick, African-sounding accent. We video chatted twice. Once the quality was horrible, the second time, I could tell it was a still picture being manipulated by a computer to appear like the person was talking. A few weeks ago, he told me he was sending me a check to pay me back. I thought, hell yes! He asked me for my bank information. Nope. And my physical address. Also nope. However, as I still thought this was kinda legit, I gave him another physical address. He sent the check. It was postmarked from one state. The check was drawn off a company in another state. Immediately, alarm bells rang. I called my bank and I told them the CliffsNotes version. They said under no circumstances should I deposit the check, that it was a scam. So I didn't. I filed a report with IC3. I compiled as much information against this person as I could and stored it and the check in my safe at home. Fast forward to yesterday. He began threatening me with releasing private photos and videos of me to my family, friends, and workplace if I didn't give him his money. He swears up and down that I cashed the check, but I was just holding on to all of it. I engaged with him a few times, and after speaking to my husband, who has known about this almost from the beginning, we have an open marriage and are ethically non-monogamous. I blocked him on Insta, Gmail, and Google Chat. Gmail blocks are stupid because it just sends the blocked emails to spam, where I can still read them. I wanted to keep ahead of any physical threats of harm, so I kept reading them. I realized, however, that it was fucking with me mentally, so I set a rule to where his emails got deleted instead. 
I found this for him last night. The fear is real, but it isn't enough to get me to continue doing his bidding. After his threats and constant harassment, I filed a report with the FBI. I want this check, which is probably stolen, or at the very least, the funds are stolen, out of my possession. I'm thinking of making a trip to the FBI office locally. I know that his threats are empty. I know that he's just trying to get money from me, but the fear and anxiety is still there. I've warned my friends and family about him, provided them his Insta handle, and told them to block and report. I've reported the account to Insta for harassment. I don't technically need advice, I just wanted to warn others, no matter how lonely you are or how unloved you feel, don't fall for shit like this like I did. Thanks for allowing me the space to vent. I'm a 23-year-old male, and I am sad and ashamed to say that I am the victim of an online romance scam. Two years ago, I met some gal on the Whisper app. It's an anonymous app where literally anyone could be anyone. We exchanged photos, but of course the photos she sent weren't of her. And then we started talking and chatting. At the time, I was absolutely desperate for love, and in the moment, I wasn't exactly thinking about what I was doing and how it could have impacted me in my life. After we met with plans to get together, she gave me an address for me to go and meet her. The goal was to hook up and find love. I did this totally missing all the red flags. We later exchanged numbers and she made me pay her money with Apple gift cards. Once again, totally dismissing the huge red flags. And I was sucked into going into the store and buying these gift cards for her. She used some cam model pics to try and scam me. But in the moment, the desperate and stupid moment, my foolish self believed it was really her. She tricked me into thinking she was who she claimed and swore she was, to lure me into thinking we would meet in person and get into a relationship. For months, she forced me, forced me with threats to send her more and more money via gift cards and promised we would meet in person. She even got into my bank account and took everything out, including my savings, and somehow had a fake check cashed in my name. She said it was a gal who works with her and she felt bad about it happening to me. Of course I lost my bank account because of this. And I was in debt because of it, but weirdly so, it was completely paid off. I've spoken to her on the phone, and she has an accent, but it's hard to hear her. She used several different numbers throughout our time conversing, and she said that I was giving her this money for an inheritance that she said she was getting me on. I was so desperate, lonely, and horny that I did this. This whole thing could have been prevented, or even just cut off right from the start. But I was tricked into thinking it was really her, because she swore, quote, on her life that it was, and that she loved me, even though to this day we have still not met in person. Before I could cut this whole thing off and truly realize how much of a fucking mess and scam it was, it was too late. I have literally lost $20,000 because of this whole thing. $20,000. The only reason I didn't cut it like I said was because I believed it was truly her and I wanted to believe it was actually her. This gal is an absolute professional and master at fooling people that she is who she says she is and that she's legit and what we have is real. At this time, I was living in some fantasy land in bubble thinking that this was real, but now I hate myself and I wish I never got into this. Never. Sorry for the run on sentences. I am just beside myself and this feels way too awful to actually be real. In a million years, I never would have imagined that I would be the victim of something like this. It's way too horrible to even describe with words. It's been two years and it's too late now. I should have reported it immediately to my bank when she took everything out, including savings. 
but paying off the debt from the fake bounce check made me feel hopeful that she was legit. Long story short, this all happened because I was in a bad state of mind, lonely, desperate, and just wanted to hook up with a girl on Whisper, not thinking outside of the box, and just how fake and fishy her and this whole thing was. I'd do anything to get my money back and have this scam artist caught. Anything. I was just stupid, and I just want my life and all of my money back and forget about this and to pretend it never happened. I am deeply depressed because of this, and I just don't know how to cope with all of this. I have literally had suicidal thoughts because it's way too much to handle. Georgina's children signed her up for Facebook and gave her some basic lessons on how to use it. They told me everyone was using it and that it would help us keep in touch and see photos of my grandchildren. So one day, when Georgia received a friend request from a serviceman on peacekeeping duties in Africa, she decided to accept the request and allowed Jim to be her Facebook friend. It didn't start as a romance, but he said he was lonely and looking for friends to keep him company while he was stuck on duty in the middle of nowhere. Soon after befriending her, Jim told Georgina he had lost his wife to cancer and his story of looking after her was similar to her own experiences when her husband had died of cancer. He then said he was being posted to Nigeria, but his time in the U.S. military was nearly finished. He sent me pictures, which I now know were stolen from someone on the internet, and he kept saying that he couldn't wait for us to be together. We became very close, and he emailed me every day, saying it was easier for him than using Facebook. Jim, who was a scammer, told Georgina he liked gemstones and wanted to set up a jewelry store when he retired. He said this was the best part of being in Nigeria because it was so close to where the precious stones were being mined and he could buy them very cheaply. He told Georgina he was coming to see her, but had some trouble with his bank card not working in Nigeria and couldn't get the funds to pay for an export tax on his gemstones. Georgina transferred some money to him to cover the tax, which he explained was only 2% of the value of the gemstones, but still amounted to $15,000. It was a lot of money to send, but she figured he was a good and honest serviceman, and if things worked out, then they would spend the rest of their lives together. All was going well until a stopover in Malaysia. Customs officials seized the gemstone and demanded payment to have them released. This time, they were asking for $20,000. I told him it would take some time to get the money and that I had to borrow against my family home. Georgina sent the money to Malaysian officials, but was told Jim was now in jail for smuggling and that she needed to contact his lawyer. The lawyer said he needed to get an anti-terrorism and money laundering certificate and this would be another $10,000. He said he also needed to pay for Jim's court costs, plus his own fees, and this would be another $5,000. Georgina sent the money, but then Jim said there was another government official demanding payment to extend his visa while he waited for the court to process all the documents. Almost every day I was contacted with a new demand for money. They sent me certificates signed by officials, forms to fill out, and bills for everything. If you wanted to get anything done quickly, you had to pay another fee. It seemed to me that the whole Malaysian government was corrupt. I don't know exactly how much money I sent, but it was well over $100,000. I didn't care about the money. I just wanted to help Jim, and I honestly thought he would pay me back. Even when Georgina ran out of money, the demands didn't stop. Unsure of what to do, Georgina finally talked to the police. They explained that her experience included the common features of a dating and romance scam, and that it would be very unlikely that she would get her money back. She can't help feeling in her heart 
that she let Jim down, but she knows in her head it was all a scam. I'm still trying to get over mine. I still think about the handsome soldier in the pictures. All the plans we made, at least I thought it was him, the hope I had. I was with the same person for years, and I never knew this romance scamming existed. I know some people think it's silly, but I talked to this person for months, believing he was the man in the pictures. It's hard. I'm trying to date other men that are real, but not a day goes by that I don't think of him, and I shed a few tears. I know who the real person in the picture is. He's out there, but I also know he's married and has a child. I think how lucky his wife is, and I start to feel sad that it's not me. I feel sad that he doesn't even know me and never will. I guess that scammer fooled me, and now I just feel like a fool. I feel the same way after six months of texting nonstop. I can't believe I fell for a man just through texting and pictures. But I still have feelings for him, and I have kept his pictures and texts. There are a lot of us that were taken advantage of. I was a fool also. I am still talking to him. I can't stop when he texts or calls. I'm on cloud nine. He's so kind and sweet and always tells me what I want to hear, even though it's lies and it's probably not even him, but I look forward to hearing from him daily. He keeps telling me that we're going to be together, and even though I know it's not going to happen, I want to believe. I don't date anyone else. I I don't even want to talk to anyone else. I'm so much in love with him, so I feel your pain. I don't know why some people like to hurt good, honest people like us looking for love. Sadly, I feel everything that you're going through as I go through the same withdrawal from my scammer, who was my drug, and the fantasy world that he created in my head and heart. Well, he smashed all of that into oblivion once I started finding the red flags of the scammer. I'm not going to write a long, drawn-out story of my scammer and me. It pretty much reverberates like all the other million of women who have been scammed over the years, I'm just another statistic, but I've accepted it for what it is and how it all ended. And as sad and destroyed as I feel sometimes, I've moved on. Back to being myself again and dealing with this overwhelming sadness over the loss of something that I'd felt for five years. It was real. I was delusional because I wanted this guy to be real and to have this happy ending and spend the rest of my life with him like he promised me. It was all lies. That's what he gave me. It's his job. He's a romance scammer, and nothing will change that. I'm awake now. Reality came and slapped me back into the present. And as bad as I feel now, I'll get better as the days, weeks, months, years pass, and one day I won't hear his voice in my head anymore. A voice I used to love so much. His voice was like listening to an angel whispering in my ear, and his voice was like honeyed velvet oozing all of the love-bombing words every woman wants to hear. Yeah. It's going to take a very long time to get over this devastating, emotional, heartbreaking experience. But I will. I just need time. It all started innocently enough. Well, if you are as innocent as me, it did. I received a friend request on Facebook Messenger, ignored it for weeks, and then curiosity peaked in an idle moment. I clicked on the request. I'm not exactly flooded with requests for anything online other than eminently resistible offers from weight loss companies, so I did what I considered a thorough investigation. 
I checked out his profile. I saw he was rather handsome with photos of him in theaters, scrubs, and skiing, and, and I accepted his friend request. I heard nothing and thought no more about it. After all, I lead a busy life full to the brim with work and friends and lots of free time. I'm a widow in my mid-60s, single for over 20 years. 20 years of tables set for one, no romantic assignations other than with my geriatric cat, an orgasm-free zone, the center of no one's life, no flowers, no chocolates. I told myself I was happy. Late one night, tucked up in bed with my electric blanket at volcanic levels, my messenger app pinged, and instantly aroused, I opened the message. Hi, Allison, it read. How are you? I've never been in the habit of responding to complete strangers online. I've read all the warnings, but in that moment, I was flattered that someone had taken the trouble to choose me from the millions of faces online and cared about how I was doing. I said I was fine, but asked who he was, and he said he had seen my profile and was interested in friendship. The possibility of a new relationship, especially as I had so few friends here after 50 years overseas, was enough for me to abandon my native caution. He told me he was an orthopedic surgeon working in the UN in Yemen, a widow who had lost his wife to leukemia with a son at boarding school in the UK. He was lonely and just wanted to find a friend. I thought his story was credible and interesting, and I was impressed by his emotional openness. I sensed a vulnerable fellow traveler. He insisted I download the Google Chat app, and I obliged. The conversation had me in its thrall from the get-go. He said he thought I was beautiful, couldn't wait to kiss my lips, and longed for a time when he could wake up next to me. Suddenly, a friendship had turned into a full-blown romance. The compliments fell thick and fast, and I was in seventh heaven. This handsome, successful man found me attractive. He wanted to have a relationship with me. He already considered me the most interesting, intelligent woman he'd ever met. When I look back at the pleasure I took from these transparently ridiculous compliments, I blush to the roots of my thinning gray hair. I was beside myself with happiness, in a state of trembling anticipation like a fresh-faced young girl on her first date. I would wait impatiently for the seductive ping of his messages, and he could message for England. He asked lots of questions, went from dear to darling to sweetheart in no time, and said he would teach me to dance. When he said he couldn't wait for his son Harry to meet me, I took this as a sign of deep parental love. The messages flew back and forth, each more florid than the last. Within a couple of days, I'd convinced myself with no difficulty or hesitation that paradise was within reach. And I was consumed. I neglected my work, forgot to eat, and I lived for the next ping. I revealed my secrets such as they were, giving him copious details about my life and laying myself open like a lamb to the slaughter or an aging ewe to the abattoir. It all seemed so ridiculous with the wisdom of hindsight. There were more red flags than a Soviet rally. His name was Curious and he wouldn't agree to a video or audio chat. The internet in Yemen, quote, made this impossible. And he was curiously ignorant about Western culture. His responses were often unrelated as to what I asked, but I was too punch drunk with love to see this as evasiveness. Confirmation bias combined with my head over heels state made red flags disappear. One evening, as we chatted lovingly, he suddenly asked if I wouldn't mind purchasing an Apple gift card so he could top up his internet. I didn't balk, particularly as I couldn't bear to stop messaging. It was well after midnight, but I said I would go and buy one immediately. He said he was much obliged, but could I do it straight away as he didn't want to lose the connection? 
Also, would I mind getting the $500 card rather than the $200 one? It was as if I'd taken part in an ice bucket challenge. I suddenly remembered all the warnings I had read, those cautionary tales of men and women taken to the cleaners, tales I dismissed as the preserve of the foolish, the gullible, the desperate. I told him my doubts immediately and asked for proof of identity, none of which he could provide. You can imagine the protestations and the appeals to our undying love. I did a quick search for his name, location, and occupation. Why had I not done this earlier? Sickeningly and immediately, there were sights galore alerting the unwary to this common romance scam. I was stung, in physical and emotional pain as I realized I'd fallen victim to a textbook scam. I blocked and reported him on Messenger and Google Chat and notified NetSafe. When he sent me an email vowing to murder me in my bed, I reported him to the police. These actions were easy. What wasn't easy was being jerked out of the heady state of being in love. The realization that I'd succumbed so easily and wholeheartedly to the transparent deceit of a stranger. I realize now I was lying to myself for a long time, hiding my loneliness beneath a veneer of self-reliance. That served me well as I raised three children after the death of my husband, but I write these words now shaken by my complete gullibility. Today, I received an email from the scammer. It reads, My love, I miss you, with three broken heart emojis. My response? Silence. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the Flow Knit High Rise Boyfriend Jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester, and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claims standard-approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite, and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers, and you've got a perfect effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com MLM for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com MLM. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. 
They send you regular personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. And they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. And now we have a story from one of our Patreon members, Jolie. So welcome to the show, Jolie. Tell us about your romance scam experience. Well, first of all, thank you, Roberta, for uh, having me on. A few years ago when I was in Phoenix teaching, I was going through a divorce. I, divorce wasn't final yet, but I had another friend who is going through the same thing and she started using dating apps. And so she kept telling me, oh, that I should do it too. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not divorced yet. I can't do that. I can't do that. And then finally I said to her, I go, well, you know, I go, I just, it's not right. And then as soon as I said that, I said to myself, wait a second, it's also not right of what my ex, all everything that happened to cause us to like, you know, divorce. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and do this. So. I started off on a Zeusk and then, um, and I didn't like that because they nickel and dime you to death. And I was like, forget this. So then I tried a couple others and the next one I tried was OkCupid. You get all kinds of messages from all kinds of weirdos and whatnot. And for some reason, just because you're on a dating app, a lot of these men seem to think it's okay to open up with, Hey, sexy. Hey, and I'm like, Oh my God. Uh, no, just because no, you're just meeting me. What the heck? So I finally, I see this picture, these few pictures of this one guy and he had bald mustache and he was just adorable. And, uh, he, I liked his profile. So I was like, Oh, well I'll go ahead and send him a message. So we started messaging each other. And after only, I think two days, he was like, Oh, I really want to get to know you. I'm going to, you know, get off the site and blah, 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 blah. Of course, I didn't know that was red flag at the time. He got off and it was, it was true because I went back on. I went to look for him and he was gone. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So we started talking on the phone and also uh, sending each other messages through um, Yahoo or Gmail hangs. I think that's what it was called. It's been so long since I've used it. But anyway, so, and I had the app on my phone and we would chit chat. And I remember after only talking for like, maybe, I don't know, three weeks or so, we were on the phone one night and he had this really sexy accent. And I was like, oh, where are you from? And he said he was part Italian and this and that, and where he was from. And and so, uh, and he was divorced like me. And so I was like, oh, wow. You know, we have these things in common. 
that night, like I said, I think it had been like two or three weeks. We said goodnight. I hung up. And then just less than five minutes later, my phone rang again. And I was like, what the heck? And I answered. And he says to me, he's like, I'm sorry. He goes, I just have to tell you, I think I love you. Anybody else who's never gone through anything like this might think, oh my God, you should have known. Okay, but here's the thing. Just like you talk about in your MLM things with with people like being vulnerable, that's exactly what it was. I met my ex-husband in a chat room back in 2000, 2000. That happened with me with him. We were talking every night for like two, three, four weeks, whatever it was. I think it was a month. And then one night he just told me, I think I'm in love with you. And I was like, whoa, I was like, I think I'm in love with you too. And hello, we ended up together and we got married. So, and we were together for a few years. This situation didn't really strike me odd. So, and we're talking every day and well, back basically chatting, he, you know, got more serious, quote unquote, and he sent me like a love poem and he was every morning. Oh, good morning, baby. Good morning, beautiful, blah, 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 blah. And of course I'm loving it because my ex-husband didn't really do that at all. And I'm going through a divorce and I've been deprived in many ways (laughs) that way for a while. So it was, you know, I just, who, who doesn't love that kind of attention, man or a woman, right? I wanted to tell my sister about it, but I was kind of afraid. I didn't want her like running on my parade and thinking, oh gosh, are you sure you know this guy? Blah, 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 blah. And we hadn't seen each other. We hadn't done like a video chat or anything like that. It wasn't as easy then as it is now, but you know, of course it was still possible. But every time I would ask him, you know, oh, can we at least video chat there was always some excuse and he had told me when we met that he worked (laughs) he was doing something on a ship oil like government stuff top secret like when he first told me that i thought huh but then i thought well you know there are really people who do that and why should i not believe it i finally after i think it was about a month or six weeks i finally tell my sister about it and i'm telling her everything that's happened and how you know, I'm so excited because at that point he told me he was going to be able to come to Phoenix in two weeks and we'd be able to spend some time together. But when I was telling my sister about it, she goes, oh, Jolie. I was like, what? And she goes, I'm sorry. This sounds exactly like what happened to my friend at work. And I'm like, what do you mean? And so she told me, she's like, my friend Sue, the woman who teaches in the classroom next to me, was telling me she met this guy online and there were so many similarities and about, you know, oh, I can't meet you yet. Oh, this has come up. I'm going to have to, you know, I won't see you for a month or whatever it was. I, I started to just, first of all, like my heart sank and my stomach sank. And I was like, I just I had that feeling like, oh God, you know, deep inside of me, I was like, oh my God, she's right. But at the same time, I was like, okay, but wait a second. You know, you never know. So I was trying to think of a way to find out if he was really real. (laughs) So I'm thinking and thinking and thinking. And I thought, wait a second. I know. Now this guy had a heavy accent, but yet when he would send me emails, the English was perfect. Now you're talking to somebody here who was always very well in English. I'm a very good writer. And when you are a good writer, you can tell when somebody's first language is English or not. And I was like, wait a second. So I thought to myself, 
oh, this beautiful poem he wrote me. Wait a second. Plagiarism. I got I to find, see if there's a plagiarism, you know, app or whatever. See if I can find, he didn't really write it. Sure enough, I found a free trial. God, I only needed it for a day. I also told my sister when she was saying that, oh, this sounds like a scam. This guy doesn't sound, doesn't sound real. I said to her, I said, but wait a second. I don't have any money. I'm not rich. She goes, it doesn't matter. You're going through a divorce. He knows you're going through divorce. And lots of times women who are going through divorce, they'll get a settlement, blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking, uh, okay. I plugged in this poem that he sent me and within two seconds, boom, it popped up on this site, loveletters.com. <gasps> yeah. And I was like, oh, I got you, you little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> So that morning on my way to work, I hear my little text from him. Oh, good morning, beautiful. And I was like, oh, good morning, baby. And then I sent him the link to this. He actually had the nerve to text me back and say, what is this? I can't open it. And so I told him, I said, this is, and I told him and he's like, oh no, baby. No, no, no. He goes, I just don't want, I can't write well. And I wanted to express my love for you. And so that's why I used something from a, from a website, because I just don't know how to write well and express how much I love you. And of course, I mean, I knew something inside me said, you know what, let's see what happens just to have a little fun. So I pretended because I can be a very good actress. I pretended <laughs> that I believed him and I wanted to wait and see if he was going to, you know, ask me for money or anything. I kind of played along. It was all bullshit from my end, of course. At some point when we did talk on the phone, I think it was after that, he got really upset. And I swore I said shit or fuck or something. He got really mad. He's like, he's like, I can't believe you're talking like that. I can't believe you didn't believe me. And he's like, what, how dare you, you know, what kind of math do you have on you? And I mean, it, I mean, it was bad. It was just like, he was yelling another huge red flag, of course. Cause I'm like, haven't even spent time in person with this guy. And he's saying this, I mean, I knew it was bullshit, but that kind of threw me back. Cause I'm thinking, oh my God, the, uh, uh, we hung up and then. I didn't hear from him for a couple of days. And then I finally heard from him. I can't leave out this part when he still thought that I was believing everything. I, I was playing along still. And I said, uh, oh, well, so when are you going to be able to come? You know, blah, blah, blah. I kid you not. This man had the nerve to tell me that he had to go out. <laughs> That's so funny. I can't even believe he told this, told me this lie. He had to go on a special mission on another ship to find, I'm not lying, pirates. Now I know from what I've heard over the last recent years, I think there really are like pirates out there, but the way he was talking about it when he was like chatting with me, he was saying like things like, oh, you know, I'm gonna catch them and I will conquer. Like, like he was in like a freaking, I don't know, Thor movie or something. And I was laughing so hard. I'm thinking to myself, I cannot believe he thinks that I believe this. So I was just like, oh, be careful, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Maybe it was a week or two after that story. But he, one morning, I'm, a, I'm getting ready for work, to go my teaching job where I'm making, in essence, $1.50 an hour. Okay. <laughs> and he sends me a message saying, I need some help. And I'm like, what's wrong? And he says to me, my computer isn't working right. Something with the Wi-Fi. And he asks me, here, here it comes, if I could please send him 
an iPad with Wi-Fi and something else. Like it was like like the top top of the line package you could get for an iPad. And then and that's when I really lost it. I'm laughing hysterically. And I, I text him back and I'm like, uh, honey, I'm a teacher, remember? have extra money. He's like, oh, are you sure? What if you just send me an iPad or this and this and that? When he's telling me this, I'm thinking of all those stories about um, Nigerian princes trying to get money from people and stuff like that. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God. And so I was still kind of playing along and I said, I'm sorry. I go, I don't, I go, I don't understand why you think I can just give you that. But he tried a couple more times to convince me to like use my savings or something like that. And I'm thinking, I don't even have savings. Just finally said, I have to go to work. And he was like, okay, well, if something happens and and you figure something out to where you can help me, just let me know, baby. I love you. And I'm just like, oh my God, I cannot believe this you know i admit in the beginning when i realized it wasn't real that he wasn't real he was just a scammer i was pretty upset at first i mean because you know like when i told like when i told my sister and i told my one friend at school i did feel kind of stupid at first but then i was just mad that's at that point i started doing research because i was like this is not going to happen again so I started doing research and finding the red flags to look out for. What's really funny is that one of the first, was either the number one or number two thing they listed was they, once they start talking to you, they leave the app or maybe they just do it to make you believe that, you know, I'm getting off and it's just going to be you, baby. I don't know that. And also if they write a really long profile, like some huge sob story, of course, always having excuses not to be able to meet you and or like at least video chat with you. So you can see that this is me. It's I'm real, blah, blah, blah. So like nowadays, of course, anybody can just take a picture and <laughs> just say it's somebody, there's somebody else. There was one other time where this guy and I started talking. And when I saw his pictures, I thought, oh, well, he's handsome. And I thought these pictures, I mean, they were really great pictures. And I thought to myself, geez, these almost look like modeling pictures. And I asked my fr my girlfriend and she's like, well, you know, there are lots of people who actually are models and they've done that kind of work. And I was like, oh, well, I guess so. So, uh, but him and I talked on the phone a couple of times and had a really nice conversation. And within that same week, he said, he's like, why don't we meet for a drink Friday night at blah, 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 whatever. I was like, okay. So I'm like, okay, he's gonna, he wants, he's gonna meet me. That day <laughs> that we were... <laughs> going to meet he sends me a text and he says i am so sorry and i'm thinking to myself oh he can't meet whatever and then he sends me a picture but it wasn't him but it was the real him and he was like oh god 25 years older than the picture and i'm not, I'm not saying anything against lots of people go older younger i have nothing against that he i was not attracted at all let's just put it that way and just i was like what the heck and so he texted me back again. He said, I'm really sorry. You know, those weren't my pictures, but I can tell that you seem like a really nice lady. And I just, I couldn't do it. I had, I had to confess. <laughs> wow. The first story I told you, of course, was like the biggest one. But what you need to do if you are still, thank God, I, I've been with somebody now for almost five years. Let me tell you right now. 
God forbid, and he's younger than me. So, <laughs> but God forbid, if he goes before I do, I'm done. <laughs> I'm, done. I'm so done because I've oh, grown man. a lot over the years and I'm so much more self-aware and I'm just like, you know what? This is definitely love of my life. And if something happens, unless the universe or God has some plan for me, I'm done. I'm good. I'm happy. Let me have my pets. <laughs> I'll be good. But there are so many times, though, where you would have a guy using fake pictures. And the way I avoided that in the future was I would ask them, oh, send me a selfie and give me a thumbs up. Or send me a selfie and with having a drink of your coffee or something like that. And of course, if they if they said anything like, oh, why do you need that? I would just buy block, block, <laughs> delete. Yeah, not worth it. It really did a number on me, but I did learn a lot. <laughs> Quite a lot. <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting here listening and I'm going like, yeah, that's a red flag. That's a red flag. That's a red flag. And it's just but you don't know it in the time when you're falling in love and your emotions are so you're Twitter pated and you're excited and you are willing to overlook so many things that in hindsight are obvious glaring red flags, but you didn't lose any money. No. Oh yeah. Please. No. At the same time, another reason why I was so vulnerable was because yes, I was going through divorce, but even before I had started the divorce, my ex did not, he wouldn't, he wouldn't call me. He wouldn't be calling me. Like when I first moved, I was the one who was always calling and trying to keep up the marriage. There wasn't very much affection. There wasn't very much effort. When this guy came along, it was, this is what I've been needing. This is what I've been deprived of. And oh my gosh, you know, wow, it's happening again. I'm meeting somebody else through the internet. Big lessons learned. Yeah, you, you can't fool me. <laughs> can't pull me anymore well thank you for sharing your story with us oh i'm very happy to i actually to be honest with you i'm really glad that i saw your posting because i was like oh my god i can tell my story to roberta ah! This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Well, I hoped you enjoyed those stories, but I also hope you realize that you're not getting away scot-free. There is some education here. And so let's talk about romance scams. They are definitely not a new grift. And as long as we've listened to our hearts with reckless abandon, there have been scammers willing to exploit those emotions. In fact, according to the FTC, in 2022, nearly 70,000 people reported a romance scam with reported losses at a staggering 
billion with a B. The average victim reported loss was $4,400. And we've often talked about sharing our vulnerabilities on social media and how Huns use our posts to look for reasons to message us about their MLM opportunities. But as we just heard, they aren't the only ones trolling social media for victims. In fact, 40% of people who lost money to a romance scam in 2022 said that contact started on social media. 19% of victims said it started on a website or an app, with many people reporting that the scammer quickly moved the sweet talk to a secondary location like WhatsApp, Google Chat, or Telegram. One of the biggest red flags of a romance scammer is their perfect identity. They are charming, good-looking, and often have the same ideas, hopes, and dreams of your shared future. In fact, the excuse for not being able to FaceTime or meet up is usually baked into. According to over 8,000 romance scam reports in 2022, these were the most popular lies used by romance scammers. 24% said that themselves or someone close to them was sick, hurt, or in jail. 18% said that they can teach you how to invest, 18% claim they are in the military, and 18% say they need help with an important delivery. 12% realize that although you've never met, you should talk about marriage, 7% claim that they've come into money recently, 6% are usually on an oil rig or a ship somewhere, and 3% say that you can trust them with your private photos. That last one is a doozy that we even heard in one of the stories, because oftentimes scammers will convince you to share explicit photos and then threaten to share them with your social media contacts, friends, family, and coworkers. It's called sextortion, and the reports have increased more than eightfold since 2019. People aged 18 to 29 are six times more likely to report sextortion than people over 30. And 58% of the sextortion reports in 2022 identified social media as the contact method, with Instagram and Snapchat being at the top of the list. And, like we heard, the way romance scammers take your money is another red flag to watch out for. All scammers, not just romance scammers, want to get your money fast. And they want it in a way that makes it hard for you to be able to get it back. So they might ask you to wire money or go through a company like MoneyGram or Western Union or put money on gift cards like Amazon or iTunes or even send them money through a money transfer app like PayPal or Venmo or ask you to transfer it using crypto. Victims reported sending more money to romance scammers using cryptocurrency at 34% and bank wires at 27% than any other method. And those two methods combined accounted for more than 60% of reported losses, with gift cards being the most frequently reported by victims at 24%. So what can we do to protect ourselves? Let's remember these key points and a couple things that Jolie brought up as well. Nobody legit will ever ask you to help or insist that you invest by sending cryptocurrency giving numbers on a gift card, or by wiring money, okay? Anybody who does any of these things or asks you to do any of these things is a scammer. If somebody tells you to send money to receive a package or pay the taxes on something to get something better, you can bet that that is also a scam. Talk to your friends and your family about any new love interest that you may have and pay attention if they are concerned because they are going to see the red flags that you cannot see. And then also try reverse image searching any of the profile pictures or any of the pictures that they send you and see if you can't find 
duplicates on the internet and ask questions and see if the details of those answers don't match up because those are also all red flags as well. And before you even reach out to message anybody that you may have matched with on any dating app or social media, check their profile because this is where you're gonna see a lot of the red flags and there are a couple key things that will help you see whether or not a profile is fake. A lot of times profiles are fake if they have a very young age and then their preferences of dating ages is from like 18 to 99. They're casting a very wide net. So that is actually a red flag. Incorrect information, like they might have the right state, but uh, maybe the city is misspelled or that's not a city or that's they're in the wrong state or the wrong city. Especially if you're from there and you know information and you see things that are sort of off. Those are also red flags. Uh, if the person's profile that you're looking at has like a ridiculous amount of interests, like just every interest possible, again, that is another sign of casting a very wide net. Um, some more red flags might be broken language, typos, misspelling, grammatical errors, despite on their profile claiming that they're highly educated and fluent in the language of their choice. Uh, and then really like basic, old, grainy photos, maybe only just a few pictures, especially ones that look old or out of date. Uh, and then details in the description that don't really line up with the photo that's been posted. Those are all going to be red flags that you can use to discern whether or not the person you're talking to might be a potential scammer. I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. It was a fun little extra for Valentine's Day to learn a little bit about romance scammers. I know they've come up randomly throughout the seasons. And so to have a little bit of a bonus episode focus to give you a better understanding and idea of how people are getting scammed, how to help your friends that may be getting scammed, or if you know somebody who's currently in a romance scam, you might just want to send them the link to this episode. And one last time, happy birthday, Life After MLM. You have changed my life in the most amazing ways. And I'm so happy you're here with us. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And follow us on social media at Life After MLM Podcast or visit our website at lifeafterMLMPod.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon for exclusive content and join the community on Discord. You can find all of the links to follow in our show notes. Life After MLM is produced by Roberta Blevins. Audio editing is done by the lovely Kayla Craven. Video editing by the indescribable RK Gold. And Michelle Carpenter is our Triple Emerald Princess of Robots. If you have a story about a cult, fraud, scam, or MLM and want to be on the show, please hit us up. We would love to help you tell your story and start your healing journey in life after MLM. See you next time, Hans. Thank you.